Hi everyone. How you doing? I'm doing great. We've been getting a lot of severe storms here in Indiana and I absolutely love storms so I find them very relaxing and calming and peaceful so I'm just enjoying it. Now before we get started today I do want to mention Stitcher will be shutting down on August 29th so if you are following me on Stitcher please go and follow me on one of the many other podcast platforms that are available. So talking about today's episode when I think of Hawaii. I think of beaches and luau's and flowers and even volcanoes. But did you know there's a dark side to Hawaii? Well, if not, get ready cuz we're about to dive right in to the middle of some of the darkest hours in Hawaii's history as we explore the state's very first documented serial killer. Warning, the following case depicts details of rape and murder. Viewer discretion is advised. Vicki Gail Purdy was a beautiful, headstrong, 25-year-old woman, originally from North Carolina. In early 1985, Vicki and her husband were living in Milani, where her husband was stationed as a helicopter pilot for the U.S. Army. Vicki worked at Wahiawa Video Rental Store. It was not unusual for Vicky to go out clubbing with her friends without her husband. After going clubbing on a Wednesday night, Gary expected her home by 9 p.m. When she didn't come home, he began paging her constantly. The following day, he found her car in the parking lot of the Shorebird Hotel. He then reported his wife missing. A local cab driver told police he dropped Vicki off there in that parking lot around midnight. Her body was found on May 30th, 1985 located on an embankment near Kihi Lagoon with her hands bound behind her back with parachute cord. She had been raped and strangled. On January 14, 1986, 17-year-old Regina Sakamoto made a phone call 
around 7.15 a.m. to her boyfriend. She was letting him know she had missed the bus and would be late for school. It would be the last time anyone would hear from her. Regina was considered missing for a month before her body was found near Kihi Lagoon in February of 1986. She was found with her hands tied behind her back with parachute cord and was raped and strangled. Regina stood at 4 foot 11 and weighed around 105 pounds. She was born in Kansas and her surname came from her stepfather who was Japanese. Two weeks later, 21-year-old Denise Hughes never showed up for work. Now, Denise did not drive, so she depended completely on riding the bus to get anywhere and everywhere. She was originally from Washington State. And on February 1st, 1986, three fishermen found Denise's body near the Moanalua stream wrapped in a blue tarp. By this time, investigators knew they were dealing with a serial killer. So on February 5th, 1986, a task force was created with agents from the FBI as well as the Green River Task Force being included. This would not slow down the killer. No, 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 no. On March 26th, 1986, 25-year-old Luis Medeiros boarded a red-eye flight back to Oahu after her mother's funeral. From there, she had told her family she would take the bus home. She was last seen alive leaving the plane in Honolulu. Her body was found by construction workers on April 2nd near Waikili stream she was the only victim originally from Hawaii she was also found the furthest from the airport on April 29th 36 year old Linda Pesh was reported missing by her roommate after she didn't show up for work her car was found parked near a viaduct on Route 92 soon after she was reported missing. A man by the name of Howard Gay came forward stating he had found bones on Sand Island. When the police investigated, they found pig bones in the area he took them to. However, on May 3rd, 
a couple looking for aluminum cans on Sand Island found a body a short distance from where the police were originally searching. By May 9th, the police arrested Howard Gay after his girlfriend and ex-wife both described him as a smooth talker who was very interested in sexual bondage. His girlfriend also stated the murders coincided with domestic disputes they would have where he would leave the home and not return until the next morning. Howard Gay was also a mechanic at the airport where parachute cord would be easy access. He lived on Ua Beach, which was close to where the fourth victim was, was dumped. The other four victims were all found within sight of the airport. Howard Gay was given a polygraph test, which he failed. He was interrogated from 8 p.m. until 3 p.m., and a witness even picked him out of a photo lineup. However, that witness refused to cooperate with the investigation because she feared he had seen her on the night of one of the murders and would kill her as well. Due to only having circumstantial evidence, the prosecutor and district attorney decided they had to let Howard Gay go. A short time later, he flew to California to watch his son graduate. Within two weeks, that same son was killed in a car accident, after which Howard became a born-again Christian. The murder stopped after he was arrested. He died on mainland in 2003. To this day, Howard Gay is the only true suspected Honolulu Strangler. Without hesitation, the prosecutor recently stated he believed Howard was the Strangler and if they had had DNA at the time of the killings, it would not be considered an unsolved case. It is still the only cold case in the state of Hawaii. I felt like this was a very interesting case because I don't think we've had an unsolved case yet for the states. So the fact that it's our first unsolved and it's a first serial killer was just, that was just fabulous for me. But I understand where the prosecutor was coming from. At that time, they would have needed much, much more than circumstantial evidence if they wanted to seek the death penalty or life imprisonment, which is what they were going for. Due to the evidence 
that I've heard and I've seen, I do believe that Howard Gay was the Honolulu Strangler. Um, and if you are interested in this case and you would like some of the information on all the evidence and hear the interviews and everything, the best video so far that I have found that had the most information was on Amazon Prime Video and it was called Breaking Homicide. I believe it's episode three. They spoke to the original detectives. They spoke to the coroner. They spoke to people from the Green River Task Force. Um, the the um, the the prosecuting attorney. Again, they they spoke to all these people, and they even spoke to the witness and she still to this day picks him out of a photo lineup so yeah I do think I do think it was him I can honestly say he would have to be a smooth talker to get some people especially these young beautiful women in his vehicle because he was not he was not Brad Pitt <laughs> and it would take a smooth talker. It, it would. Um, but after after that case, the women in Hawaii were more aware of their surroundings. And they paid more attention to who was coming to talk to them. So, yeah, it was, it was a really, really interesting case. And I've actually been working on this one. And I'm... Just to give you some insight into what the, what has been taking so long in between episodes, I am following a case right now um, in real time, which means it's happening right now, and I am actually following it. And I plan on um, doing an episode on it. It is not going to be a first serial killer. Um, it's not going to be a part of that series. But it is going to be, um, it's going to be a hard one to do, um, because it involves children, but I am, I am following it. And that is one of the things that has been taking so long. Plus summertime is very hard for my, me to stay on schedule because there's so many birthdays in the summertime in my family <laughs> so bear with me I am working on getting a, a set schedule down I'm working on it I promise but again thank you all for listening and please remember to like subscribe and share you can find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts also if you follow me on Stitcher, you will want to follow me soon on a different platform as Stitcher will be shutting down on August 29th. I'm going to continue to put that message in there um, until Stitcher shuts down just to remind everybody because we're getting new people every day. 
But as always, stay true and whatnot. Bye, guys.